Hello. Do you have a very busy life? Sometimes lose the plot? Well, it's easy to get distracted when there's so many other pressures. And here on Search for Truth today, your Bible teacher, Brian Johnston, is looking into the Bible again, and this time, to see how we might avoid distraction. Our theme for this series of 12 studies is about going the distance. Previously, Brian's considered discouragement and how to survive feelings of guilt and then how to deal with anxiety, and this time it's avoiding distraction. So we'll be dipping into the Gospel by Luke this time, uh, if you want to follow in your Bible. But now, let's not get distracted whilst we concentrate on our Bible study with Brian. Yes, thanks, John. After raising Lazarus from the dead, the Lord Jesus enjoyed the hospitality of Lazarus' two sisters, Martha and Mary. The Lord wasn't always welcomed wherever he went, but Martha, we're told, was someone who'd welcomed him into her house. Martha, it seems, had a servant spirit and went to great lengths to ensure the comfort of her guests. On the occasion when Lazarus sat at the table with the Lord, Mary was preparing to anoint the Lord Jesus with precious ointment and Martha was serving. From the little we know of her, that was typical of Martha, wasn't it? She was someone who would run the household. You could depend on Martha to get the job done. At the time of that special meal we've referenced in John chapter 12, where we find Martha busy as usual, there's no mention of any reproof or correction from the Lord. Martha didn't always get it wrong. Surely we do her an injustice by stereotyping her as being more earthly-minded than her sister. There's a time for service, even as there's also a time to stop and listen. It's not wrong to be busy. The Lord Jesus himself was sometimes too busy to eat or rest. At other times, he spent whole nights in prayer or called aside his disciples to rest. But Martha, as we know, didn't always get it right. Let's think again of that well-known time when her welcome turned into weariness and her service turned into slavery. We find the record in Luke chapter 10 from verse 38. Now it happened, as they went, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Did you notice where it started to go wrong? Martha was distracted with much serving, we read. The very fact that we read that Martha became distracted seems to imply that at first she'd been concentrating on the Lord himself. She'd welcomed him into her house, after all, and enjoyed some time in his company. She hadn't rushed into the kitchen immediately to get busy on all the dinner preparations. But even as she's enjoying listening to the voice of the Lord Jesus, it's as if another voice begins to speak, reminding her of all the little things waiting to be done so as to get food and maybe even beds ready for her guests. There are things which simply have to be done, the other voice insists. I wonder if you, like me, 
have heard that other insistent voice. It's good to make lists of things requiring to be done, but if we're not careful, we can face the tyranny of the to-do list, as someone has called it. You know the syndrome? So many things demanding our urgent attention that we find ourselves racing round in distracted circles. Life is busy. There are so many things to do, good and necessary things, including things directly connected with serving God. But they can have the effect of keeping us from God if we don't make priorities and aren't careful to listen to his voice. What else can we learn from Martha's distraction? Well, it's interesting to simply read of how the situation deteriorated that day. Very soon we find the Lord had cause to say to Martha, Martha, you are worried. The original word used here for worry paints a vivid picture of what happens when we're ruled by anxiety. Behind the word lies the idea of being pulled or torn in two. Martha was torn in two by the desire, on the one hand, to remain with the Lord Jesus that day, and on the other hand, the desire of completing all the preparations. Isn't that exactly what happens with us too? We have a genuine desire to spend time with the Lord and to enjoy his company in periods of communion, but then the clamour of the things that have to be done becomes overwhelming. We too get torn in two. Sometimes the things which pull us away from the Lord aren't exactly crucial issues. It says of Martha that she was distracted with much serving. Doesn't that seem to imply that some of the things that concerned her that day could have been left undone, or been done at another time, perhaps? Perhaps the pillows didn't seem fluffy enough, nor the food spicy enough, and these little things took on a life and importance of their own. Her distraction dragged her into worrying, and she found herself torn in two, pulled away from continuing to hear Jesus' voice. She wanted to hear him, but she also wanted to serve him and make his visit to their house a grand occasion. And so those urgent tasks isolated her from the Lord that day. The next thing the Lord Jesus said to Martha that day was, Martha, you are troubled about many things. The word troubled used by the Lord meant bothered or in a tumult. By now, Martha was in a state of agitation. The pace and noise level of her service would be visible in her face and body movements. It's when we're in a state like this ourselves that we can easily tell the difference between a door being closed and a door being closed too hard. Do you see the progression here? Distraction had produced worry, and we've analysed worry as being the state of being torn in two. And that worry in turn had led to her being troubled or agitated. When this state of agitation expresses itself in a demanding spirit, then the picture that Luke chapter 10 gives us is complete. Remember Martha's words? Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. She was demanding assistance from Mary. Surely it was obvious she needed help. Mary was the cause of her anxiety and agitation. If only she'd be more sensitive. She should have known better than to leave her, Martha, to cope single-handed with catering for the needs of all these guests. Martha has slid all the way down from distraction to demands, on the way feeling torn in two and getting rather agitated. 
but at least it was to the Lord that Martha voiced her complaint. Rather than sulking bitterly, she went to the Lord. The solution to our problems with getting distracted ultimately lies in the Lord's presence. The Lord's response to Martha brought about a change of perspective. But one thing is needed, Jesus said to her, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. The Lord gently implied to Martha that those things she'd been so keyed up about really weren't so necessary after all. Serving is good, as the Lord directs it, and Martha often got it right. But it was Mary who'd got her priorities right that day as she sat quietly at the Lord's feet and listened to his voice. Our lives too are so full of demands that the Lord's words seem to have a special significance for us when he said, Mary has chosen the good part. Notice the word chosen. The Lord's telling us that we've got to make a choice. Getting the balance of undistracted waiting on the Lord and directly serving the Lord is going to involve a conscious lifestyle choice. I recall from my youth a man who said, if you're too busy to pray, then you're too busy. Wise words, if we live by them. Martin Luther, when once asked what his plans for the following day were, answered, work, work from early until late. In fact, I've got so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. The Bible, in Daniel 11.32, tells us that it's those who know God who accomplish much. And getting to know God means spending time in his presence. You know, perhaps we do great injustice to the mystical desire of the psalmist in Psalm 27 when he expressed his desire to be found dwelling in God's house or tent. If we think of it only at the level of a desire for unbroken residence in a material temple, this man was no seeker after cloistered seclusion. Nor would that primary interpretation fit the facts of the case, for no one had his residence in the temple, and no one went into the secret place of the Most High in the visible material structure except for only the high priest once each year. But this singer wants his place of residence to be there so that he should always be in touch with God in an undistracted way. The psalmist longed to break down the distinction between the sacred and the secular, and may even have had in mind the oriental habit of giving a man who took refuge in the tent of a Bedouin the guest rights of protection and provision and friendship. Travellers among Bedouins tell of how even an enemy, with the blood of the closest relative of the owner of the tent on his hands, if he can once get in there, into the tent, he's safe. And the first obligation of the owner of the tent is to watch over the life even of the fugitive as if it was over his own life. And we can think of this protection found in the Lord's presence as including protection from distraction. Most of us seem to live with endless distraction nowadays. Our mobile devices keep beeping and buzzing, demanding constant attention. So much so that we're losing the discipline of a single-minded focus. One thing have I desired, the psalmist says, that will I seek after. And there are two points here. We may say, one thing have I desired, but failed to pursue it. No one gets the right to reside in God's presence for longer than he or she continues to seek for it. 
This is the most important thing that Mary chose. Let's seek it too, without distraction. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Unto the I remind you that it'd be useful to have the transcript book of these talks. Now you can do it yourself by downloading a copy from our website at churchesofgod.info forward slash media. So if you want a, a copy, then you can print it on your own PC. Now, if for any reason you're not able to do that and need a copy of the book, then just write in and ask for Going the Distance. You can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. And uh, as well, you can go to uh, www.searchfortruth.podbean.com and if you go there, you can actually download the programmes onto your own device for re-listening, perhaps in your car as you travel. So, it's been great to enjoy your company today. Next week, Brian will be considering advice from the Bible on how to fight against temptation and lust. The Bible gives very positive help, so I hope you'll join me next time, and I look forward to you being with us. Till then... It's goodbye and very best wishes from our Bible teacher, Brian, our producer, David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon. And in the meantime, may God richly bless you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you.